Good morning. What the fuck is up, pals? If we haven't met already, hello. Nice to meet you. I hope you're doing well. My name is Willard, and this is Twinkle Dads. Twinkle Dads is a hybrid mix between Midwest Emo mixtape on YouTube and the Dear Sally advice column in your local newspaper. People, hopefully you, send in questions asking me for advice. It could be about anything. Work, relationships, philosophical questions, whatever is rocking your boat at the time. And I'll answer them very candidly and openly. And then afterwards, I'll pair them with a few songs within the emo, punk, lo-fi realm that I believe will help your situation. And yeah, of course, this is a show that's designed for the listeners because I want it to be about you fully. I think that talking and communicating about this stuff is like one of the most beautiful avenues that humans are capable of. So I want you to know that this is a safe space. My heart is open and hopefully yours is too. If you ever want to contact me or email me to and ask a question that I will answer on a future episode of Twinkle Dads, you can email me at twinkledad69 at gmail.com or, and this is an announcement, DM me on Instagram or Twitter at Emo Advice Show. Uh, you can also follow and support us through there. So please feel free to get as open and as guttural and as vulnerable as you want because it'll be okay. You'll remain anonymous and so that the priority will be your emotions and feelings. Once again, you could email me at twinkledad69 at gmail.com or DM me, follow me, whatever, at Emo Advice Show on Twitter and Instagram. And so, yeah, uh, I finally decided to make social media for this platform because we're about a month in to recording uh, the podcast and genuinely, like, the support and reaction so far from y'all has meant a lot. Uh, it, you know, it's really funny. It's going like how a podcast should go. And now I'm just like, okay, time to get more serious about it. Maybe I'll get a better mic in the future. I will. But right now, the priority is just to, is just to be as straightforward as possible. And so, yeah, y'all have been very loving and receptive of these episodes. And it's genuinely only looking up from here. However, I'm still looking for new questions because like people ask me what I would do if I don't receive any questions. And it's a good point. But um, when I ran Twinkle Dads as a blog and a radio show, there were a lot of questions that I actually never used um, for a variety of reasons. I tried my hardest, but, you know, you can only write and do so much uh, at a time. So, yeah, these questions that I will be answering today will be unanswered questions from previous iterations of Twinkle Dads. And then next week will not actually be a questionnaire, but it will be a conversation with a close friend that I'm very excited about. We tried to record yesterday. A bunch of horrible things went wrong that we'll talk about. So it will be recorded and it will be up as the next episode because, you know, I'm moving to a new city and that's going to be you know, fun and exciting. It's all wide open eyes. So that's just going to be a meditation and conversation about leaving home, hopefully to never return again. So, yeah, I'm still looking for questions. 
it's like funny because because since I've like started Twinkle Dads or I started telling people like you know I was like hey I'm bringing Twinkle Dads back up as a podcast a lot of homies like I've been giving advice more than ever and hearing out people's problems but like a lot of it in person and I've been told multiple times like oh I was thinking about like asking like I was thinking about emailing you this so you can answer it on Twinkle Dads but I'm just going to ask you right now and it's funny because I don't know what to do in that situation you know like of course I'm I'm just going to like you know prioritize you I want to hear you out and all that but in the back of my mind, of course, I'm like, okay, but how can I eat too? <laughs> like, you know, I'm not going to be like plugging my podcast in the middle of someone having a very tough time. But that just keeps happening. But, you know, whether or not people are submitting questions, it's all looking up Millhouse. And I'm very, very excited. So, yeah, so we're going to get into two questions. The first one about dreams. And then the second one is going to be about cutting out family members. Oh, topics that affect us all. And before we start, I'm going to uh, kick us off with a brand new song from Swiss Army Wife. It's the first track off their new album, Medium Gnarly, and it is This Number Is Not In Service. If you don't know or haven't garnered uh, by now, I'm not super into sticking within the confines of Midwest twinkle emo on this show because I find it very limiting as someone who just, you know, loves the genre and have spent a lot of time listening to it. You can only get so far and you can only break so much new ground before you just start running in circles. You know, even with like fifth wave email, you can listen to so much before it just becomes a lot on your brain and ears. And so I found out about this band through, they played the best house show venue ever in Tacoma. Uh, with a bunch of sick emo bands. And, um, you know, I listened to this track, and the best comparison I can make to it is Traveler by I Kill Giants. And because to me, that's the ultimate emo introduction song. It just has the energy, and it just sets it up perfectly. It's so compact, but it's a lot. And... I've always held that high in the canon of like what I love about email and what, you know, email do emo does. And I believe this Swiss army wife song is the closest thing to that. Like, yeah, which I, I dig, I dig a lot. It's exciting to be excited about new music within the genre. So please go check out their album. I promise you it's worth the listen. If you're into good old twinkle fifth wave email. But yeah, so this is This Number is Not in Service by Swiss Army Wife. And I'll see you for the first question. Uh, Thank you so much, and I love you.
number and try your call again. Dear Twinkle Dad, Weird dreams of old relationships that I've cut off are becoming super frequent as of late. Should I take this as a sign to maybe rekindle them, or is it just a coincidence? Some are sexual relations and some are just old old friendships, but they are ones that didn't end on a good note. Thank you. First and foremost, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I think, you know, dreams... Dreams is just such, like, a funny topic, and I think especially because everything about its interpretation and its handling is very subjective. You know, everyone believes that dreams have, like, different meanings, and so, you know, I'll I'll lead off with what do dreams mean to you? Um, Because, you know, there's always some of those people who just believe that dreams are, like, mean, like, oh... You dreamt you were a bulldozer. That means you want to destroy everything in your life. You know, a lot of that Freudian psychoanalytic, like, hooey booey, honestly, I think it's kind of nonsense. No offense if you believe in that, but it's like looking, I believe that's just looking too far and too analytically at the human condition, which I think no one should do um, because it isn't human. That isn't a human way to handle things. Then there's the belief, which I err on the side on, where it's just like dreams are dreams are the commu- like is your brain communicating yourself or your subconscious to you um you know you see people that you m- might haven't seen in a while and then you know a lot happens and while those specific interactions don't mean much it's the setting that you're in that's just like okay maybe it's something i don't actively think about day to day but it is something that affects you. And I believe that dreams do have that power to just kind of open up what you don't think about because I, you know, people tend to kind of choose what they think about and that whenever you have intrusive thoughts, they just kind of shut it down so they don't have to think about it more. And um, I believe that's just such an artificial way of living and that dreams are fun because you know, sometimes it could be nonsense, but sometimes it could be something that will lead you to a decision. Or it will be like, maybe I should handle this situation in reality. And then there's the people who believe that dreams mean nothing. You know, so there are three different camps that you can fall in. And before you decide, like, you know, before you decide, like, how to move on with your relationships and whether you should keep them out of your life or rekindle just really try to assess the meaning of dreams for your like you know how you define dreams so just think about that um and so yeah i think you know just because someone appears in your dreams and you haven't seen them or spoken to them or like it ended badly doesn't mean like you know that isn't an automatic like that doesn't automatically mean that you should (laughs) bring them back into your life because you know there's a reason why you cut them out and what yeah why you cut them out so just kind of assess that i believe the best way to do this the best way to process it is just assess everything of course there are many different techniques on how you assess 
Uh, something I would recommend, especially if you fall into the first or second camp of dreams, that at least means something, is um, practice automatism. Uh, that's a surrealist technique originated by, like, you know, the French opium thinkers like Andre Breton, Salvador Dali, all those cats, where they believed that having your, like, essentially letting all the intrusive thoughts flow in your brain and spilling it out with no, like, curation or, like, you know, tailoring of thought patterns is, like, the most straightforward way of human communication, of, like, truly speaking on the human condition. So that's why, you know, there's a lot of, like, in a lot of films and stuff, you know, like, people, like, falling out of the mirror, like, a lot of that surrealist imagery, it's because they believe that's just, like, you know, buried down deep inside of us. And by allowing that to live and fester in the environment around us, we are truly expanding how human we are. You know, and, and take that as you will, but I think, you know, and I've done it, I have done it in the past. I have personal experience with it, that there is a power, there's a healing power to doing that kind of meditation because you know you're truly thinking you know you're truly like going through what your brain actually thinks about a good practice is automated writing where essentially if you journal or you have a diary which i always highly recommend sit down and just start writing you know you can stare at the tree and when you're staring at the tree and writing about the tree and you're not really thinking about what to say next you're just letting it all spill out you know so something will pop up automatically. Something will just budge up and that's just going to land on the page. And that's fine. And now you just do that and you just fill it all out. And I think it works in two different ways. You know, one, it kind of gets a lot of things off your chest that maybe you didn't realize that you have and that it's good to actually, like when you speak them out loud, they're actually kind of real and that how you feel about them, you know, is a valid feeling. And I think the second one is also it establishes how you see everything around you if that makes sense like it establishes your point of view and how you understand your opposition to other people and it defines like you know who you who you think you are in relationship to everybody and everything around you and i think you know i don't mean to like mean to make it out like human interaction should be transactional but, you know, it's a nice way because, you know, like, what if you don't actually like how you view everything around you? In this case, what if you actually regret cutting out that person because you did? You know, like, it gives you effort to grow and change. You know, you can bleed the good and the bad out at the same time. And then you're just kind of separating the, like, blood particles out to uh, make a difference and to, you know keep what you want to keep in and then just leave aside what you want to get rid of. And so do that. And after, or when you have just really tried to find out what your authentic emotions really are, assess what, how you feel about those relationships, about those old friends. Because I can guarantee some might be mistakes. Sometimes we are all just victims of circumstances, and because of that, relationships fall through the cracks. Other times, 
someone definitely did something wrong. Everyone does wrong, but there's one person who's probably going to be the bigger offender. So I would really recommend just kind of cataloging what you want to keep in and what you want to keep out. You know, reaching out to the people you want to keep in, you know, that's just another heavy step because it's like, how do you go upon that? But I believe if you are confident in how you feel about it, and if you believe that your understanding of everything is true to you and true to the situation, then nothing should stop you. You're at the edge of the diving board and you should just simply jump in, you know, and with the other people, if it's like more toxic, toxic circumstances, definitely neither of you should have each other (laughs) in your life because You know, everyone grows, even the toxic people grow. And if you believe that you had done something wrong, but you understand that it'll hurt your healing and it'll hurt their healing or vice versa, then just leave it be and that's okay. You know, no one's really going to fret you on that. Um, But yeah, and I think just throughout all of it and finding, you know, in processing, you'll find your authentic emotions the major like concern warning sign I must give you is be careful not to open wounds that haven't scarred over. Um, in theater, we were taught, yeah, yeah, in theater in a, in a consent class, uh, we were taught the difference between scars and wounds as just like, you know, metaphoric emotion. And so, you know, there might be a toxic situation in your past but it's like something you haven't fully processed or become comfortable thinking about or handling or dealing with. So you like, you know, in the automated writing and you just, if you decide to dive deep into that, you know, just be careful that you might just open up a new wound and you might cause more harm than good. You know, I think I definitely am someone who goes who goes into wounds pretty carefully, like, or I go into wounds more than the average person, I would say. And I believe like, because there's power to that. Sometimes you just shouldn't be afraid, but because of that, like, you know, you need to be confident to do that because it will just kind of break you down. You know, like, unless you think about cold, like, you know, if you think about, if you're able to think about stuff very coldly and analytically and be hardened about it, then do it. If you're confident enough in your own emotions, then, you know, I believe that's kind of like a wide safety net that you can just jump into and find out a lot. But, you know, you also must have the ability to know when you've gone too far and you need to step back and have boundaries. And then there's scars, which is, you know, like, oh, here's something on my skin. But, you know, it's definitely something that hasn't affected me in recent memory. You know, and those are easier to dance around and handle. And so, you know, when thinking about those relationships, do any of them seem like an open wound? If so, maybe let it scar over, like assess it at a later time, because, you know, if it's a wound, it's going to be very harmful to both of y'all. You know, people will be hurt and it's good to be hurt. And sometimes it's okay to suffer, but... You know, that's just not worth it, especially when it's very preventable. But if it's a scar and you really just kind of understand that you are able to be mature about it, then please just go for it. 
nothing's stopping you. You have my full support. And because I want you to be like the best person you can be. I want you to live with your heart on your sleeve and just kind of let it grow and manifest and let all that love just, you know, flood everything around you. So, yeah, so hopefully this helped. But like, I think most importantly, take time for yourself, prioritize yourself and prioritize your emotions because that's okay. This is a time that's kind of like perfect too, but, but do it in a way where you aren't contacting them or harassing them. Give yourself time for solace and solitude. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just all about processing it. And I believe maybe give it more time to process because sometimes dreams don't really communicate the truth. They just communicate an idea. So, yeah, when I was thinking about what songs or like how I want to sequence these next tracks, it felt best to pair them all together. Um, I recorded this part earlier, but I'm re-recording because I struggled explaining the songs because I had the same explanation for every song and it just got really, really redundant. and it, it took very long. So I'm just letting you know that these four songs together are personally what I understand dreams to be and can help you with the surreal etherealness of those dreams for you. You know, it's definitely going to be a bit moody. It's going to be shoegaze, lo-fi, hip hop, uh, indie, but they're all like genuinely, I think, amazing tracks that have helped me in similar situations because they kind of communicate they kind of communicate things that aren't real but they are because they're like mental states and they're just kind of the dizzying the dizzying flurriness of life so yeah so the four songs are loveless by okay which is an old song from like 2007 that personally not enough people have ever listened to and it's going to sound weird. It's going to sound a bit quirky, like it belongs in a Noah Baumbach movie. But bear with me, because I believe it will at least hit one note at one point. Followed by that is Fred's song by Lil Rosie, which just came out. Uh, Detroit lo-fi that just kind of goes more into the fuzzier production side, but talks a lot about reconnecting and growing as a person. You know, there's a really beautiful line about handshaking when it's knocking at your door. Following that is They're Gutting a Body of Water's Jada Kiss. I could have picked any track that they've ever done, especially off their new album, Lucky Styles, which I highly recommend. But, you know, if you know Tagabao and you know their discography and you hear Jada Kiss, you get what the point is. Um, this is how it's the production is so beautiful and you know how I conjure billions, I conjure billions of dreams. You know, that's just such profound imagery and it's, you know, it's beautiful and it's sick and everyone I show the song to loves it. And then following that is Pink Mabel's Paradiddle, another song that, you know, has definitely been a thing because, you know, it kind of has like this, you know, the dreamy lo-fi production of it, but it also just talks about the intimacy, the intimacy of conjuring dreams, intimacy of handshaking when knocking at a door, like door. And then for this one, it's the intimacy of playing paradiddle on your chest and that person disappearing. 
So I hope all four of these songs or whatever I said brought some sort of healing or insight into how you handle this. Yeah, thank you so much for opening up and please let me know. I mean, you don't have to like how it goes. Yeah, I'm wishing you the best and we will all see you soon. Once again, this is Loveless by OK, followed by Fred's song by Lil Rosie, followed by Tagabow's Jada Kiss, and then Paradiddle by Pink Navel. Thank you. I love you so much, and I'll see you soon.
But I did. I wasn't sad. I I knew what I wanted, and I had that um, desire. Like there was nothing was gonna stop me. Nothing. And I had traveled all around and noticed it was all the same. The thoughts in my brain. It was the totems that kept me floating and tethered. I'm feeling better. Kid, well, whoop de doo. I have been around the block before with blockheads just like you. Each and every one a disappointment. Pain for which there ain't no ointment. 
into the fray? Well, my answer is two words. Dear Twinkle Dad, how do I slash should I broach a subject that might ruin my relationship with a family member? They are making a decision that I think is bad for them and will affect me in a negative way as well. I am worried that if I approach this wrong, I may very well ruin our relationship completely. I feel like I need to say it regardless of the potential fallout, but I am still nervous of the potential fallout. What should I do? First and foremost, thank you. Um, I will make an omission when I was like drafting how I should answer this question. I came to the realization that I was a bit off tonally. I thought, you know, I all of my prep work kind of deals with cutting out family, so that's definitely a thing. But um. So sorry if like some of this is a bit too extreme, but like, you know, I believe you bring up a good point. Like, first and foremost, it's okay that you're nervous. It's reasonable to be nervous. And I think a lot of that has to do with how we understand family. You know, we're always told that blood is thicker than water. And therefore, you should always like respect blood. Um, but because of that, I feel like a lot of families kind of do this thing where they kind of, because you like need to hold up blood in such a high regard that, you know, families will carry on their own tradition of harm, whatever it may be, throughout. And that, like, if you try to distance yourself or you try to, like, separate yourself from it, they're like, you can't run away from your family. Because that's who it are. That's who you are. And so I get like feeling nervous about that because, you know, it is your family. It is definitely, you know, if you had the situation with a friend, it would be quite different. But no, you know, there's like kind of no greater crime, supposedly, according to everybody, than betraying your own family. So I'm sorry that you're stuck in that situation, um, first and foremost, because it's just, you know, heavy, heavy. And I think in order to, like, process it, I would say think about your relationship with said family member. And also just, like, if they weren't your family member, who would they be to you? You know, because this deals a lot with uh, relationship communication. You're preparing yourself to communicate. So the question is, how do you properly communicate? And so kind of address like, how close are y'all? Do y'all have like a long history? You know, is it like cousins similar in age? Is it like, you know, uh, aunt, a nephew? Maybe, I don't think you're that old. Um, <clears throat> But think about it, and I think, you know, have y'all had any trouble together in the past? Like, have they had behavior similar to what's going on? 
how did you handle it that time? And just like, you know, all of the questions you need to just kind of prepare yourself with how to move forward. You know, like you said, it's affecting you. It's their own decision, but it's heavily affecting you. Therefore, you're kind of stuck in the shitty position of having to prioritize and utilize your own feelings in order to um, in order to address them and in order to confront you know, and that's not ideal. That's never necessarily fun. I can't think of anyone who, like, loves to do that. But, you know, I believe yeah, you can definitely just kind of break it down. Give yourself enough distance where you can honor both yourself and how the person feels. You know, keep in mind that how they're seeing what's going on is very much different from your perspective. You know, they aren't seeing it two-dimensionally. They're, um, whatchamacallit, they're justifying it with their own view of empathy and justification for what's going on. So allow yourself to think of that justification and to think why they're doing this. How so? And like, what's the impact of it? And then... You know, this might sound horrible, and I feel like it's clearly not what you're getting after because you are nervous of the fallout. But if this person wasn't your blood, would you still maintain a relationship with them? Like, imagine them as, like, a person who's just, like, on the street or you go to school with. You know, get rid of the connection y'all have. Are you, like... They're a piece of shit. They, <laughs> or is it somebody that you still like want to maintain a relationship with and be close with? Because it's like, yeah, when you when you say that you're nervous of the fallout, are you nervous of the impact of the fallout, or are you actually nervous about losing them? Because like interfamily fights, those are never done clean. And those just have such a huge blast radius around you. So, like, you know, your parents are going to get involved. Everyone who knows everybody. So it's definitely, like, a sticky situation. But it's like, do you, like, do you actually concern about losing this person in your life? Because they're doing, like, you know, it's their own choice. Everyone has autonomy. But whatever the choice is, it's still affecting you. It's stripping you away of autonomy, and you should be able to make the choice of whether or not it has impact on you. And so, yeah, I think definitely sit on that. That's all just like ask yourself those two questions as we start like getting into um, the next two songs. And then I'll just give actual advice afterwards and then close the show off. But yeah, does this person actually matter to you as a person? Or are they simply just family? Nothing's wrong behaving in your own self-interest because apparently they are. And so, yeah, so when I was like thinking about which songs to pick, I, I picked a very curious selection of three songs, maybe four, if I feel like including it. We'll see when I record the next part. But um, 
Yeah, there's definitely no sonic quality tying them together. More so, it's the energy and the topic level. Um, the first song that I'll be playing for you is Do You Understand by Gurlo. They're, uh, I believe, a Dallas-based noise rock band. They honestly kind of sound very twee. If you're fans of, like, you know, Indian Summer, K Records, if you ever listen to music from Olympia, Washington. Um, yeah, they're very much in that realm. But it really just kind of repeatedly asks the question, do you understand? You know, if you were to grab this family member and to be like, I understand that this is your choice, but this is how it affects me. Do you understand? And so that's why I picked it. Also, it's a good song. Um, and Gurlo definitely has a lot of potential of just like blowing up in the near future, whenever that may be. Uh, and then following that is, you know, it's more in the post-hardcore realm. It's Ghost by Squint. Um, they dropped two EPs uh, this past year. Um, they're very much in the drug church. You'll, you'll hear the guitars, but... Um, I think there's one line that kind of sticks out. Like it, it has such a ferocious energy to it. Like solid production, it's straightforward, and it just like cuts to you. But like, you know, the mixing of the vocals is very interesting because the line that sticks out and the line that motivated me for picking this for you is. The, this anchor is yours to carry. You know, the, think about the anchor. Think about how much of a heavy weight that is. And so, you know, when that person wants to make a life ruining choice for like both of y'all, that anchor is yours to carry. You know, so you have the very straightforward energy of Gurlo followed by Squint's just explosive punch that I feel like paired together communicates the same thing. Um, and it allows you to give yourself time to process. So yes, definitely think on it. And then we'll talk about what you should do to move forward, possible tactics to help both of y'all. Because keep in mind, you know, it's affecting you, but it's also ruining their life. You know, so... Try to balance mindfulness, sense, and sensibility. So yeah, this is Do You Understand and Ghost by Gurlow and Squint, respectively. Thank you so much. I love you, and I'll talk to you soon.
<clears throat> Howdy. Welcome back. Did you enjoy the songs? But most importantly, did you think about what was going on? Um, every time I record, after I record a segment, I just listen to the songs to just kind of, like, you know, set myself up in the same space. Because, you know, you and I are no different, and that's just how it is. Like, you know, we are meant to kind of share those emotions together. So I guess like when thinking about it and when thinking about what, you know, I believe you should do is just kind of said it before, but like, you know, at this point, you just got to be straightforward in your communication. Um, and it's like definitely be mindful of what they're going through. But at the end of the day, they kind of picked a fate for you. Therefore, you know, how much respect should you actually give to their problems and to their feelings, which is like kind of a horrible thing to say, but it's reasonable. I think it's okay if you all had a falling out. You know, the fact that it reached this point that you needed to contact an outer party, not shaming, but like, you know, like the fact that it's reached this point where it's pressing like, if it wasn't a big thing for you to talk about, then you wouldn't be, you know, asking questions. And that's okay, you know? Like, yeah, you always got to put your emotions near the top in terms of, like, your priority list. And I think that's just simply what you should do. It's a very scary jump, I believe. But, you know... As long as, like, at the end of the day, you are making an informed decision, you know, you run risk of just, like, creating more harm the way you go about it. So just, you know, ask for a time to speak to them. Sit down, and I really would recommend just kind of, like, outlining what you want to say, but do it in a way that's pretty flexible to their response. There's probably nothing more grating than when people, like, bring up a whole list to say, it's like, please don't speak, I need to get, like, my whole mind off. I don't, my whole mind off my chest, all this off my chest, whatever the saying is. And it's not like that's a bad thing, I don't necessarily think it is, but this is a conversation between you two about you two. If it was just a conversation about the other person, it would be a bit different kind of your feelings have no place in there and don't you know i think genuinely like i hate that this is the closest thing i can draw a comparison to but in regards to emotions and trying not to be selfish when another person's time in need in the time of need i recall yeah, I recall when people, like, threatened to take their life. You like how casually I brought that up? Um, you know, but when people threaten to take their lives, there's such an interesting phenomenon that's, like, almost preventable where those who are hurt by the person trying to take their life, their main justification why that person shouldn't go through with it is how that action would affect them 
you know, ironically, it's calling suicide a selfish act is a selfish thing. You know, calling someone's calling someone's depressed state a depressed state is a is a selfish thing because it fully is. And I think, you know, I'll do respect if I was in your family member's shoes and if you were to kind of pull up only thinking about your emotions, especially in that moment, I would just kind of pie face you and ask you to be elsewhere because there's like, you know, so, so many tricky and different like levels of respect. And you need to give respect to yourself and most importantly, them. The family member is just not an object, you know? And yeah, like I said before we started listening to those songs, find a balance between sense and sensibility. Um, that you you know you're able to just kind of think carefully and honestly about it, but don't let like don't let it be built up so much in your head, you know, or don't let or like you know don't quite clearly think it through. Don't just go wildly in there and just say some like out there shit. So, yeah, you definitely got it. And I think, you know, you will be okay after this. Whether you have a falling out. Whether it ends up being peachy keen. No. There's a reason why you care about this person so much. There's a reason why their decision affects both of you and you don't want the falling out. Keep that as a reminder why. Keep that as like a top reminder when you decide to speak to them, you know, sh- share that love It just go back and just like, be like, here's like what I value and here's what I don't. And I think that's important. That might be the most important thing to maintain in the relationship. And it took so late to get to there because it's just, you know, there's a good reason you do this. Try your best to spit in a positive light. Don't use shame. Use honesty and openness. And if they might actually be in a time of help, and you could be the person that helps them. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just you right now, you're stuck in a constant cycle between just like everything you could possibly good, possibly you could possibly do, and what the outcomes are. So, with that, that's like the major reason why I picked the song. It's Christian Wright. By Institute, a six, an eight-minute, dr- like droning post-punk track from maybe one of the more exciting punk rocks, punk rock bands to come out of the 2010s. It's a sick song, and I think you know, with family, there's always a huge thing with conservative families, so that's kind of why I picked Christian Wright. But when listening to the song again, it's almost just kind of like endless. Like, I want it to end sooner, but it doesn't. <laughs> you know, neither will this. It's a funny note to leave upon, but there's not a good note to leave upon on this because you are just building up to a situation. You're not dealing with the aftermath, you're dealing with the buildup. So let this be your buildup. Let it be something that rings in your head over and over and over again until the fallout has happened or any consequences.
I hope you're well. I hope that, you know, this brought some resolve. It may motivate you in another way. If it doesn't, feel free to ignore it. I get it. But, you know, you got this. It, family's tough, and I feel like losing family is also tough. Um, especially when you kind of have a choice to lose them or not. But, you know, I believe... I believe that it will be fine. Because you are mindful of their emotions, you are mindful of your own. And that's genuinely a lot more than any human can ask for. You know, I love you and I hope it goes well. Truly. Maybe don't tell them about Twinkle Dads. Maybe don't play this last song for them. If someone pulled up to me and I had kind of no idea what's going on and they pull, you know, they play Christian Right by Institute, I would kind of not care to speak about them, speak to them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would just straight up ignore you. So don't mention this. This is our little secret. Yeah, thank you so much. And if you did not ask a question today, Please keep in mind that I am just so open because I want this show to be about you, about you, the listener. I want you to know that my heart is open and hopefully yours is as well. We are in this together. You can email me at twinkledad69 at gmail.com or DM me on Twitter and Instagram at emo advice show. Once again, twinkledad69 at gmail.com and at Emo Device Show on Twitter and Instagram. I hope you are well, and I'll see you soon. And I hope you have such a good night. This is Christian Wright by Institute. I love you. Bye-bye.
bitter, bitter lies. Bitter, bitter lies. Bitter, bitter lies. Ah.